What's up, guardians and gamers, and welcome to episode nine of the P. Nope, sorry, Stasis Chat <laughs> podcast. So yeah, nearly, nearly. Um, it's uh, great to see everyone here. I am your host, BMG, and I am joined tonight by Stubbs Gaming. How are you, sir? Stubbs, are you there? He might we'll be in the John right now. We'll come back to Stubbs. Uh, Sentinel, how are you this evening, sir? Hey, I'm good. Thanks, uh, you know, thanks for having me on the panel again, and um, great to have Anime Raza back. Also, yay! Very happy. Yay, he's back. He's back. He's back. He's back again. Uh, anime <laughs> Raza, how does it feel to be back after a long hiatus? Oh, it feels good. <laughs> feels good to be back. All settled into the new home. Getting there. Very getting that. Literally good. just behind me to sort out. Good, good, good. Good, good to hear. Stubbs, are you are you with us? Blink twice if you can hear me. <laughs> no, he's not there. Never mind. We'll come back to him. He'll uh, he'll pop back in a minute. I think he was having issues with his uh, his mic or something, so we'll come back Hi. to him. Oh, are you there? Are you back? Stubbs? Yeah. No. I'm, I'm Are you here? No, no, well, you just Hello? wasn't saying anything. Can you yeah. hear us? We can hear you. Can you hear us? Can you hear me? Yes. We can hear you. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah. This track yeah. is working. Can, can you hear us? Right. I'm so we're, yeah, we're, can you hear us, Stubbs? Okay. I don't know if you can hear us or not. Uh, we can hear you, or you can't hear us. All right. Hopefully, we'll reply. We'll get back to him in a minute. Uh, so, to, I'll say it's great to see everyone here. Uh, just if people are wondering why a friendly pest isn't here. Um, he's uh, just taking a bit of time out, um, some personal time, so um, he will be back on in the future. So uh, just keep an eye out for him coming back. Um, tonight's topics include um, Rockstar banning NFTs, Far Cry 7 needs to shift its focus to villains, UK regulator looking at Apple and Google and more. But before we get into all that... Um, what's everyone been playing? Uh, Anime Raza, it seems it's been a while since you've been here. We'll come to you first. What have you been playing? I've currently been playing uh, Black Ops Zombies a lot of it lately. <laughs> Having very limited internet. It's, oh, uh, on Call of Duty. Yeah, on Call of Duty. Uh, good, 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 good. Is that on what? Black Ops 2, 3? Where, where, Black two. Ops 2. Black Ops 2. Does it actually hold up to how it used to play, or is it um, <laughs> graphic-wise and performance-wise? Some, some places it feels rough. Oh, not good. It does not good feel rough in some areas. Uh, fair play, fair play. Uh, Sentinel, my friend, what have you been playing? Um, I've actually been playing a lot of uh, Vampire Survivors, and I remember last week um, we were on a podcast, and Someone was talking about it, and I, you know, I hadn't played it yet. And I said, oh, you know what? I'll check out Vampire Survivors. And of course, I've been playing 
that almost exclusively. I think I might have been playing one or two other games, you know, House Flipper for like live stream, but straight for like trophies and just how addictive it is. Um, Vampire Survivors, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. I didn't think I'd be playing, you know, a game like that this much. Oh, good, good, good. Yeah, I've, I've seen a lot. I've seen a lot of uh, clips on Twitter. Everyone saying how addictive it is, and uh, uh, it's something I still not played yet. I'm something I still need to get into. But uh, we, we'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, anything else? So is that is that it? Is that all you've been on? Uh, yeah, pretty much just um, Vampire Survivors. I know I should be playing, well, I've also been playing um, Halo Infinite multiplayer, but I mean, that's kind of a given. That's my multiplayer <laughs> game right now. So That's 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 your go-to. Right, yeah. let's see if um, we can get Stubbs back in again. Let's see if he works this time. Are you there, Stubbs? How are you doing? Sorry about that. I, well, yeah, I'm here. Um, I've unplugged the Ethernet plug thing. I think it's working better now. Does it sound better? You mm-hmm. do sound better, and we can hear you. How are you tonight? Am I here? You're here. Can you hear me? Yep. Can yeah. you hear us? Stubbs? I'm okay, thanks. I'm just checking Good the connection Good. was. Right, no yeah. worries, no worries. Uh, what have you been playing? Yeah, it's working a lot better now. Are you messing with the... Have you can got you a delay? Me? You're mocking me. We... We can hear you. We can hear you, but we don't know if you've got a delay or not. Can you hear us? Right. I don't know if he can hear us or not, but we'll come come back to it. Uh, Well, we'll come back to Stubbs uh, when he gets back on. Uh, Right, let's go on to the uh, the first topic of the evening. Uh, Rockstar bans NFTs in a new GTA Online roleplay server rules. Players are also told not to misuse Rockstar's IP, import or misuse other IP or make new missions or maps. Rockstar Games has clarified what it will and won't allow in Grand Theft Auto Online players to do in roleplay servers. Uh, if anyone doesn't know, the roleplay servers are kind of a, a relatively new thing in GT Online. Well, as I know it, it is a relatively new thing. Uh, it's li- literally people are you know designing um, things for private service where people role play you know different roles and uh, it's it's quite a quite a popular thing really so it's uh, it's good to see uh, on friday the developer posted a new statement to its support page confirming that third party role play uh, role play servers in which players choose to immerse themselves in the role of someone living in the game world behaving like a police officer or taxi driver as example as permitted Rockstar Games has always believed in reasonable fan creativity and wants creators to showcase their passion for our games, the company wrote. Third-party role-play servers are an extension of the rich array of community-created experiences within Grand Theft Auto that we'll hope will continue to thrive in safe and friendly way for many years to come. However, the company said that under publisher Take-Two's legal enforcement policy, some actions and behavior will not be allowed. One section covered what Rockstar referred to as commercial exploitation. Players are not permitted to sell loot boxes for real-world currency or GTA's virtual money, sell other virtual currencies or integrate cryptocurrencies, crypt assets such as NFTs. 
Players are also not allowed to generate revenue from their servers via in-game integrations or corporate sponsorships. Both Rockstar and Take-Two will also clamp down on misuse of Rockstar's intellectual property and trademarks, importing and misusing other IP, including characters owned by other companies, real-world brands, trademarks, and even music, making new games, stories, missions, or maps for GTA Online, interfering with the official multiplayer service and online services that Rockstar operates, including GTA Online and Red Dead Online. This is not a license and does not constitute a di- endorsement, approval, or authorization of any third-party project the company c- concluded. Take-Two reserves the right to object to any third-party project or revise, revoke, and withdraw this statement at any time in their own discretion. This statement does not constitute a waiver of any rights that Take-Two may have with respect to third-party projects. Uh, so, uh, take, looking at all that and taking that into consideration, um, do you think that um, the you know people that are running these online servers do they should they be able to make money off what they do? Um, do you think Rockstar are, are in their right to say no? Sorry, you can't use anything. Or do you think that maybe something could come up where they could maybe take a cut? of revenue uh anime seems we've not seen you for a while i'll come to you first what do you think um if having not played gta in a while um role play servers i agree with personally because every every uh most games now have a role play server where you can actually role play a character kind of thing um yep on the, on the money side of things, I'm a bit. They could work with third party, like to make the game better. In yeah. personal personal experience, you know how many get how many different game companies use mod mods, allow mods on the game. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but um, I think so I think you'll. Sorry, go on, mate. I was going to say, so long as it isn't impacting it to a point where it's like, here's mod to give you free money in-game, I think that, or like, you know, like cheat codes used to yeah, in the old GTA games. I think that should be where they draw the line, personally. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit of a tough one, really, because I think... Uh... You know, Rockstar could potentially, you know, make some money on this if um, things that were being created in these servers, like weapons, skins, and vehicles, and things like that, take a small percentage cut. Um, I do agree that obviously you can't infringe on trademarks. Um, and the exact the example I've got, uh, my my eldest son, he's currently in with one of the developers on the, one of the private service and he actually designs um, weapons skins and hmm. clothing um, and it was the reason I say I brought this topic up tonight because he brought it to my attention that um, obviously they'd all been informed because they make all different brands from Hugo Boss to Nike um, you know Amani things like that they have to actually remove everything from in game and um, 
take take it all out, get rid of it, delete it, and make everything fresh. So, because a lot of these um, people that set up these servers actually pay people to develop things for these servers. So, if they're not able to make money on it, it could that potentially put people out of work? I don't know. Um, it'd be interesting to see. Yeah, definitely NFTs and things. No, don't. I don't agree with that. I don't agree with NFTs. Um, but I do think maybe they should be able to make some money on these things. You know. Uh, designing things if it's actually home designed you know it's not infringing mm. on anything then why can't they design something and sell that and rockstar take a percentage that way you know they're not they're not losing out because that's probably what it comes down to yeah copyright stuff trademark stuff yeah don't let them do that because that's opening them up to lawsuits and things like that but if it's mm. um stuff that's made that's unique, um, no branding or anything like that, or a trademark brand, uh, why not be able to make money off it? Why not be able to sell it in a private server and take a cut? But that's my thoughts. And uh, Sentinel, what about yourself? Yeah, you know, I agree with that sentiment. Um, I think if, you know, because you have a very passionate modding community that's behind, uh, you know, Rockstar Games and, of course, their Grand Theft Auto games as well. And I think um, it's not unreasonable <clears throat> to allow these people to make these specialized, um, you know, the, like like you were saying, um, you know, specialized content for Grand Theft Auto um, and make some money on it. I think with, you know, cutting Rockstar Games and, you know, ultimately their parent company, Take-Two Interactive, in on some of this would, would kind of be a way to make everybody happy. Now, um, in the past, of course, Rockstar Games has, has supported the modding community. The only times that Rockstar has really come down on um, the modding community is pretty much when Take-Two Interactive gets involved. So it's like the parent company um, will get involved. You know, but Rockstar yeah. Games themselves, they don't want to get involved. They love their modding community. And of course, they get, you know, Take-Two gets involved because Strauss Zelnick is much like Jim Ryan. He's just a businessman. He's not a gamer. He doesn't understand it. He doesn't care about it. He just cares about the money and the shareholders and all of that. That's what he cares about. So when it's a big time money issue, he gets involved. When it's just um, a smaller issue or when it doesn't really involve money, um, they he pretty much stays out of it unless Rockstar handle their own business. And you know, like um, like Rockstar has shown us through numerous examples throughout the years, they love their modern community and they they very much support them. So. You know, I, I kind of hope, I, I think the NFT thing, them saying, hey, absolutely not. I think that's a good thing. But I also think um, as far as any specialized content outside of NFTs, um, they definitely should uh, work with these modders. If it's a money thing, again, you know, bring them to the table, uh, sign, sign a contract or something, you know, say, hey, 30% goes to Rockstar or whatever, just to allow these people to make something, you know, from that, because it does take their time in order to make the specialized content. And a lot of them are very passionate about it and they devote a lot of time to making this content. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like I say my my son, he's um, obviously we're here in the UK, so he actually stays up all night um, just designing stuff from backpacks to shoes to, you know, yeah. weapons against the vehicles and puts a lot of time into it. And, you know, it's... Uh... Well, and normally you'd hire an artist to do that type of stuff. But the fact that he's doing that, I mean, he's essentially doing the work of an artist. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. And I think that's kind of the line of work he wants to go into because I'm, you know, as well, I suppose them doing these things for online servers, uh, you know, 
on like GTA Online. I think a lot of people are hoping to get recognised by Rockstar Take Two and potentially lead on to designing stuff for um, yeah. the games to come. So you know, it's you know, so it's there's a lot that goes into this, and um, it'd be nice to see if they could get paid something for for what they do, even if it's a small amount. Rockstar Take a cut. Um, it's you know, it, it's. It, it's something that I, I can't see a problem with. Um, I, I do understand from what he told me that um, there was a number of servers that were actually selling off um, named brand things in game. And I think yeah. that's what's kind of triggered them to say, whoa, whoa, hang on a minute. This has gone from, you know, fun people enjoying themselves role playing to right people are making money and and using trademarks they don't have legal access to yeah um, so so yeah in that sense yeah they should be able to make money and um, rockstar should you know maybe consider this and maybe it's something they'll consider in the future um but um we'll see we'll see what happens uh we're still no stubs he is still trying to you know, get that hamster running round for his internet. So uh, we'll swiftly move on and hopefully he can join us shortly. He's actually um, fighting off 30 ninjas right now. That's actually what he's doing. But he's undercover, so he can't say anything. It's all hush, hush. <laughs> uh, they were sent by Shredder. Yes. Shredder. <laughs> yeah. I always thought he did look a bit green, did Stubbs. <laughs> yeah. Teenage Mutant Ninja Stubbs. That's it. That's it. Um, uh, yeah, Stubbs is there. He's in chat, so he is. He is. Uh, he is following. So hopefully, he can join us. Um, join us shortly. Uh, so right, let's move on. Far Cry Seven needs to shift the focus back to the villains. This is from Game Rant by William Arthur Carter. Ubisoft is known in the industry for its sprawling open worlds, each bringing a new flavour through interesting side activities, historical accuracy, and gorgeous visuals. Far Cry achieves the latter especially well as its recreation of the American South, lofty Himalayas, or tropical Rook Island paradise have conjured so much fun for millions of fans worldwide. It's one of the things that the 18-year-old series, the I didn't realise it was 18 years old. Far Cry is 18 years old. Wow. wow. Yeah. That's good to know. Most known for. But perhaps the property's most defining factor is the characters each game presents, and more specifically, the inclusion of a menacing, evil, and iconic villain. Vass... Vass is one of the. I'm not going to. I can't even pronounce the last name. I'm not even going to try. But I think we all know Vass from the Far Cry series. Uh, Vass is one of the finest baddies in gaming, finding a place alongside the likes of Handsome Jack, Kefka Palalazo, and Gandorf. Ganonor, Ganondorf, I hope I pronounced that right. I don't think I have. And Pagan Min carried on the legacy of Far Cry, wielding a strong antagonist interactions with them as always memorable and the journey that the protagonist goes on feels all the more challenging because there is always a scary and overbearing presence that is pushing back against the player villains has taken a back seat somewhat in recent years in comparison to the series heyday and continue to make the same mistake in far cry 7 would truly be a definition of insanity I'll say, just let me pause there and add Stubbs back to the stream. Hopefully, he'll be back with us. Hello. I'm not sure Are if it's there? working. 
Hello? We can hear you. Yeah. Can you hear us? Yeah, I can, can hear you. Can you hear us? Bob? I'll Google Chrome right. now. Right, yes. we can oh, hear you. Don't celebrate, Brian. Don't celebrate. Why have things been going? Uh, let's let's uh, let's just keep we'll keep moving with the story and then we'll come to you in the stubs in a second. Though the Jackal in Far Cry 2 was a high point for the 2008 yeah. series release, Far Cry 3 felt like a refresh in the best ways, and its success started with Michael Mando's brilliant performance as Vass. He's cold, impulsive, eccentric, and supremely evil, caring little about the fate of Jason Brody as he torments him throughout the game's first half. There's reason he's the poster child and not the protagonist, and while he departs the story around the halfway point, spoilers if you haven't played it, I do apologise, his positive impact on the narratives is evident. He set a standard for all games, and with Far Cry 3 releasing in just two months after Borderlands 2, the fall of 2012 was a great time for villains in gaming. Uh, so yeah, Sentinel, you kind of put this uh, story in there for us to talk about. Um, so, like I say, yeah, Far Cry. Um, I think you know you kind of with all the characters you, you've played. You know, you kind of it's more from a you know you're playing from your point of view in a way with it being a first person and you're kind of the person leading the story. Uh, but I do admit the villains are probably the best thing. You know, the main antagonists in the games are the focal point, really, and what actually made the games fun to play. Um, do you how will actually, how do you feel that the um, when was the last villain out of a Far Cry series was best for you? Would you say Vass was the the best point, or was it before then? Yeah, I would say uh, Vas Montenegro was the he was the best villain. Um, and I know um, I I know everyone kind of considers him to be the main villain of uh, Far Cry Three, with Hoyt Volker not being as memorable. He's he's the bad guy you face later on. But um, with with, with Vas Montenegro, what they did was they kind of created um, the standard that everyone would measure all other villains in the Far Cry series against, you know, for, for better or worse. Um, and of course the problem with uh, like, like Far Cry Primal, um, there's really two villains and um, the story isn't really that memorable. It's the caveman Far Cry. And a lot of people were kind of down on it um, because you're going from the Far Cry series being all about guns to, you know, it being about bows and arrows and clubs and all this other stuff. And in Far Cry Primal's defense, it wasn't a bad game at all. It it, it actually felt um, like a breath of fresh air in the Far Cry franchise because they were doing something different. Um, I know some people had said, oh, they will. They recycled part of Far Cry 4's map, you know, in Far Cry Primal. But it doesn't feel like that because the vegetation, the trees, the animals, they're completely different. So it feels like a completely different game. The problem that they've had with Far Cry is that, um, well, they've had a few problems. Um, the biggest one, and I complain about this a lot, is the engine that they use. Um, the Dunia, D-U-N-I-A, engine, is yeah. pretty limited. Even on the Xbox One X, um, they were doing good to run 30 frames per second fixed. And it's, it's you know it was unacceptable, considering Assassin's Creed uh, Origins could do um, much better. You know, mm. um, Another problem they keep running into is they have 
it, a lot of people complain about the Far Cry series being very cookie cutter. And I think with Far Cry 6, um, you, you think about each Far Cry as um, a relay race, right? And you got guys running running across the field and they pass off the baton to someone else and then they pass off the baton to someone else. Far Cry 6, in my opinion, was that guy getting maybe 30, 30 feet from the finish line and he just completely wipes out and covers himself in mud. That's what Far Cry 6 was. So yeah. they completely stumbled and, fold and fell in. If, you know, you have a lot of people that are like, oh, I love Far Cry 6. And it's like, yeah, but that's only because, um, you know, that's only because you paid 60 bucks for it. And you don't want, you know, you want to get your money's worth. And I completely get it, you know, because I love Far Cry. But it's like as soon as I finished Far Cry 6, I, I kept it, you know, but I kept it on my hard drive. But I wouldn't really play it that much. And I eventually just uninstalled it. Yeah. Now, all yeah. the other Far Cry games are on my hard drive. And I play them pretty regularly. Um but Far Cry 6, I'm probably not going to go back to. You know, um, something that they did with Far Cry 5 um, was they really allowed, essentially, there's essentially like four four antagonists, but there's one chief antagonist. And I, I think Joseph Seed, he's not as good as Vas Montenegro, but he's, he's close. And for the people that have played Far Cry 5, um, you know, you really come to hate him. But you also kind of understand why he's doing what he's doing, which makes him a good villain. You know, it makes him a villain that strengthened the franchise. I think where the one of the one of the big missteps for the franchise was turning it into kind of like an RPG. And I, you know, it's like um, like with Far Cry New Dawn, you had to level up your weapons, you had to level up, uh, you know, the fucking like the attachments and stuff for your weapons. And then, of course, everyone complained about that in Far Cry New Dawn and said, oh, you know, I could have a 50 cal, but I have an enemy that's um, top tier in this 50 cal because it's level one isn't going to do anything, even with multiple headshots. And Ubisoft was like, oh, yeah, no, don't worry, we'll fix that. And then they didn't fix it. And you see yeah. the same shit in Far Cry 6, you know, and then, there, then you have different types of ammunition, you know, armor piercing or soft rounds. And it's like, OK, stop. It's like Ubisoft. I get it that you guys made, you know, you made um, Ghost Recon and you made all these other tactical games. Stop putting tactical shit in a Far Cry game. That's not why people play Far Cry. People play Far Cry because they want to be like Jason Brody, completely thrown out of the element. You're thrown into the wild. Everything and everyone is trying to kill you. It's the most dangerous situation. You're not going in there to be a guerrilla warfighter. Yeah. You know? So what, what, what would you say your your best favorite Far Cry game is? Uh, I'm torn between Far Cry 3 and Far Cry 4, to be honest. Who's who's the villains in them two? I'm, uh, not, big Cry, on the, well, sorry, yeah. I'm not big on the Far Cry series, you have Far, to remind me. <laughs> Far Cry 3 is uh, Voss, and then, yeah. of course, his boss, Hoyt Volker, which Hoyt Volker is a human arm. He's a, he's a human trafficker. He's an arms trafficker. He's not really that memorable. Um, you know, but it's it's Voss before him that kind of sets the stage for everything and really, you know, really makes the game memorable. And then, of course, after that is Pagan Min, the um, the dictator. And, yeah. you know, the dictator's kind of like um, he does stuff that's completely just, um, you know, it's violent, it's reprehensible. But at, by the end of the game, you see a lot of reasons about why he did what he did. You know, so you you kind of, you almost sympathize with him because you realize that this group 
that you're fighting alongside the golden path, you realize that a lot of what the bad guy has been saying about them is right. Yeah. But that that's good for a villain because you don't want, like with Voss, you completely, absolutely hated him, you know, by the time you had to fight against him. But yeah. um, with, with um, Pagan Min in Far Cry 4, like I said, you start to see some of the stuff that he was saying is right. And you realize that the people that you've been fighting alongside, that they're hypocrites, you know, um, being able to, and it's, it's about changing how you see your journey in each Far Cry game that has to change as, as well as the villains, you know, um, for anyone listening to this podcast, I apologize. Um, it's not really spoilers, but it kind of is, uh, with Far Cry six, the ending is just complete bullshit. This is the only game where you cannot touch the boss. You have really? no you have no interaction with him essentially where you're fighting him. And I'm not gonna go any further into that, but everyone who's played Far Cry knows exactly what I'm talking about. Far Cry 6's ending is a bunch of bullshit. Maybe it was in the actor's clause that he wasn't going to get stabbed to death like Hoyt Volker did. Who knows? But the way they did it completely made your entire journey up to that point feel like it didn't matter how you have to constantly fight insurgents even after you win. Basically, the army that's left keeps fighting you over and over and over again, and they fight you like every single week. So there's no yeah. end game. You know, uh, um, see, Far Cry 5 had had a spectacular element. Far Cry Arcade. For anyone who's played Far Cry games, Far Cry Arcade was crazy because you could make your own Far Cry levels, you could make it um, PvP, you could make it PvE, and it added so much replayability without feeling cheap. But Far Cry 6 doesn't have that. You know, Far Cry 6 doesn't have Far Cry Arcade. So yeah. they, they have something that's basically where you got to go on this mission and, and get a certain device that you have to cool with water and you basically have to fight waves of reinforcements until you're able to make it, make it to the exfil. But that whole, that whole situation is just complete. Um, it, it feels cheap when you look at how spectacular Far Cry Arcade was. You know, I spent yeah. more I spent more hours on Far Cry Arcade than I did on Far Cry 5. It was just it was amazing. Oh, you know. Cool. So, what would you say that they need to to make this franchise maybe bring it back, make it better? What would you like to see them do to change that and make it better? You know, it's I was having a discussion with someone on Twitter. I don't remember who it was, but they had they had mentioned something that the that they said in the far in the next far cry game they want to be thrown in a location a faraway location they've never been to where the weather's trying to kill you where the animals are trying to kill you where the people are trying to kill you where you have no allies i think that would be perfect for a far cry game because you have no you have no relief you have no shelter every minute that you're playing it something is trying to kill you whether it's a hurricane whether it's wild animals, um, whether it's the, whether it's the indigenous people, whether it's invaders, doesn't matter. Everything's trying to kill you, and I think that would be phenomenal for a Far Cry game. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it definitely sounds interesting. Yeah, it'd be it'd be good. They need to do something different. Cause I think, you know, when you're sort of doing rinse and repeat with the same thing yeah. over again and again, again and again and again, um, people want to change. They want to see something different. They want to do something different. Um, but yeah, you know, maybe I'd like to see some, you know, Far Cry 
I've dipped in and out of, never really got into it. Um, but if they had something where, say, maybe you were being the villain is more focused, maybe do something different, like swap it around a bit. That would be quite yeah. interesting, different to play. And I, I think I'd enjoy that. Uh, what yeah. about you, Anime? Oh, sorry, sorry, Senator. All gone. No, I'm that. just agreeing with you. Definitely. That, that yeah. definitely sounds yeah. like the way I'd like to go. Yeah, yeah. It'd be nice to see something different come the next game um, because obviously we've just had Far Cry 6. Um, I don't think we're going to see a Far Cry 7 till maybe 2025, 20, maybe. Take a bit more time because obviously Ubisoft, they're known for rinse and repeat, maybe do something a bit different, take a bit more time off like they did with the Assassin's Creed series. Um, they took a break. Uh, they started having two years between games, sometimes a bit longer, and um, they came up with the RPG style, which worked very well. I know there's a lot of controversy over Valhalla. People are saying it's too much. It's um, it's not memorable for the the, um, the story. It's just the collectibles. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what they come up with. Anime. What about yourself? Uh, do you have you played the Far Cry series? Uh, which is your favourite? Uh, I've only played Far Cry three. And I played that game over and over again over the years. Um, due to Vass, um, fun little bit of tidbit of information is Vass not, wasn't even written in the game to begin with. The actor was okay. that good; they had to write him in somewhere. He what he went to? Um, he, I think it was Hoyt. He actually applied for, but because he didn't fit Hoyt's character they had to write Vars in and it was just the perfect role for him I was mean, it troy baker troy baker that played bass or was that uh, am i thinking of the next or was that the next one was that far cry four because i know troy baker played one of the um michael uh, mando the villain michael right, mando oh, right. he's oh, a canadian right. actor right okay yeah 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 sorry adam make one um, and basically, like the a lot of the promotional stuff they did was based around Vars. Um, on YouTube, there's videos of him with I I can't remember the actor's name, but it's with McLovin from Superbad. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> just like torturing him for a week until he's dead. Like that is literally just the promotional act. <laughs> nope, classic. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, well, my I I've got to admit I learned surprisingly I learned quite a, a lot from Vass from quotes, and I think someone said it today um, that they're doing the same thing over and over again. Is the mm. definition of in, insanity. I think it was you, Sentinel, that mentioned it. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the thing. Again, it's you, you when you're doing the same thing over again and again and again, it gets stale. And obviously, Far Cry yeah. 6, they've had a lot of marketing behind it, you know, got some really good actors in there, but he's literally just the same game with a different skin. And you know, you know, doing something different. Maybe you know, it's the time to maybe change it up a bit, get people excited for it again. Um, what would you like to see in a future Far Cry anime? Uh, 
Um, personally, I, I would like to have that that feeling of you're on your own. I, I do agree there. You know, absolutely nothing, no help whatsoever, or very minimal help. Like play out the ring. Buy me a copy. <laughs> maybe, maybe what? Maybe one day we'll give a copy away on on here. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe. Sorry, carry on. But yeah, I think um, having very little help from NPCs is like in Far Cry Three. Like I said, it's the only real Far Cry I've played. Played very minimal of two during on the Wii afterwards, um, and yeah, I think it was the whole. You feel like everything is against you. They took a lot of aspects of survival that it feels right. Whereas, from what I'm hearing off Sentinel about the newer games, is you've got someone there to help you pretty much along the way, like a group of people. Yeah. yeah. So, I like that whole on your own perspective yeah no no interesting interesting yeah it'd be nice what what about would you like would you like would you prefer them to keep it as first person as they are through the series or would you like them to see them go third person maybe a different a no. different perspective i think first person works really well Personally. yeah what about you sentinel would you like to keep it first person or would you like to see a third person perspective um, you know, I know everyone is like, oh, I want to see third person, but Far Cry, it's straight up first person, you know, um, and it kind of, I know in Far Cry 6, you have, like, you have different backpacks, like one shoots off mortars or some shit, and it breaks immersion because it'll basically pan out behind you quick for, you know, you using this backpack, and then it zooms back into first person, and some people are like, oh, I just want to play you know, Far Cry all the time and third person. And I'm like, there's already enough, you know, third person shooters out there or third person action games that are open world. Far Cry is one of those few that's still first person with a huge open world. And I, I think that's that's the feel that's the feel that they need to embrace. You know, they just need to figure out how to, you know, go with Far Cry seven, improving it without necessarily changing the point of view. Because the point of view is first person for Far Cry. That's it. Yeah. Or at least give yeah. us, a, or at least give us a choice rather than have us have it just one or the other. That's like true. GTA. They could do that too. They could do that too. Or maybe go down like how uh, Deus Ex have done it, where it's a first-person game, but when you're doing certain things like animations behind cover, um, for or going into a cutscene, you go into that um, third-person mode, cinematic over-the-shoulder camera maybe, something a bit different. That way you um, can... Because, like, if you customize your character, you know, um, it doesn't make much sense to customize a character that you yourself can't see. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it'd be interesting, definitely interesting. Uh, Stubbs is still having a few issues, um, so he will be with us whenever he can. 
Um, but we'll uh, we'll just keep. Um, hopefully, you can make it when we get to the um, panel questions and the video game twenty questions. Uh, just in case anyone in chat hasn't seen it yet, we're going to be playing video game twenty questions towards the end of the show, um, which we should hopefully be fun. Uh, we'll explain more as we as we get there. But hopefully, everyone can um, stick around and uh, help the panel uh, get through that. Uh, let's move on. <coughs> Sorry, I do apologise. Uh, it's claimed GPU shipments last quarter saw the biggest drop since 2009 recession. This comes from Chris Scullion over at VGC. PC-based graphics processing unit shipments for the last quarter dropped 25% year over year, a new report has claimed. The report by John... PD Research, as spotted by Tom's Hardware, says that 75.5 million GPUs were sold in Q3 2022 and forecasts that the GPU install base will grow by 2.8% between 2022 and 2026. However, its findings suggest that a total GPU shipments in Q3 2022, including all types of GPUs on app platforms, decreased by 25.1% compared to Q3 2021. According to the report, this is the biggest drop since the 2009 recession. While the report notes that the third quarter typically has the strongest growth compared to previous quarters, overall GPU shipments in Q3 2022 decreased by 10.3% compared to Q2 2022. Sorry if this is chucking a load of numbers out, um, but um, I know there is a lot of people that are quite interested in the um, PC market and uh, these sort of statistics. In the report, John PD Research President John PD suggests that there are numerous possible reasons for the steep drop. All the companies gave various and sometimes similar reasons for the downturn, he said. The shutdown of crypto mining, headwinds from China's zero-tolerance rules, and rolling shutdowns sanctions by the U.S., user situation from purchasing run-up dry during COVID, the Osborne effect on AMD while gamers wait for the new add-in boards, inflation and the higher prices of, of add-in boards, overhang, inventory, rundown and a bad moon out tonight. Okay. However, PD noted that the drop is not necessarily a sign of a major crisis, suggesting that generally the feeling is that Q4 shipments will be down, but average selling prices will be up, supply will be fine, and everyone will be ha have a happy holiday. So, um, obviously, getting hold of GPUs and things, you know, when they're releasing all these new graphics cards, GPUs, and all these different PC parts that I can't even name, um, generally is are extremely highly priced and usually go out of stock extremely quick. Um, with this um, this drop in shipments and people buying them, do we, do we think this could maybe drive down the price to encourage people to pick them up more? Um, is it going to make it so people can actually get these things to build the PCs they want. Uh, Sentinel, I'll come to you first. What do you think? Um, you know, I think this is this is an interesting development because um, a lot of these new games that are being designed, and I, I heard someone say this before, and I don't remember um, who it was specifically that said this, 
But um, a lot of these, like for a console, straight out of the box, the game is going to work. But with a computer, it depends on what you have in the computer, you know, um, your graphics cards and all this other stuff. And some of these very, very um, big budget games you're going to have coming out are going to need a certain level of graphical fidelity, you know, in these computers. Um, so if if these shipments, and again, a lot of this is just based upon the parts that go into them, you know. Mm. So if the if the ship if the amount of shipments drops um, because of limited parts to go into it, um, that's going to make it difficult for a lot of um, people that haven't upgraded already. But if you're talking about um, just because people aren't buying these anymore, or they're like, you know what, um, I'm just going to hold off and maybe buy a console instead. And if that's the reason why a lot of these uh, shipments are going down in numbers because people are ordering less, then um, it's actually going to be good for gaming because you're going to have less people relying on these extent expensive parts. And because less people are ordering them, it's going to drive the price down. So it's it's a constant struggle with um, supply and demand, you know, especially with um, computer components like the RTX 3090. You know, um, if the supplies are there, then it's going to drive down the price. But if the if the components they need to make these parts is why there's a shortage, it's going to drive up the price. And of course, when it drives up the price, people that want a game on PC only, unfortunately, it's going to get to the point where if they want the best version. That's not going to cost them an arm and a leg. They're going to have to go with a console like the Series X or the PS5. Depends on what depends on what game you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, it's it's just one of them. I'm I'm a console gamer. I'm not a PC gamer. My PC is a potato held together by dust. Um, yeah. I use uh, I use it for podcasting, doing um, you well, know, and work. It, you know, it it's ultimately about how much you want to drop into your PC. You know, yeah. If, if this part, if like, if you have a certain component that you absolutely want in your PC, but there just aren't that many available in the wild and it costs more, then you have to ask yourself, am I willing to spend 10, 20% more, maybe 50% more buying it through a scalper than trying to get it online? Or am I just going to spend a little more than this part might cost and just buy a high-end console? You know, it's it's ultimately about where you want to game at as to as far as how much you're willing to spend. Yeah, exactly. And it's like I think I, I can't remember if it was um, last week's Stasis chat or if it was our PSN Party Podcast show uh, when we was going through the, um, the yeah it was the PSN sorry yeah it was that because it was talking about where the uh, PlayStation Five has actually dropped on the list yep. for Alpha Bots. Um, yeah. And but when we when we read that list out, graphics cards, GPUs, all them things, none of them were actually on the list. Yeah, uh, and I'm and you know I'd have to go back to look at a previous list to see if they were on there. But maybe the you know this drop in people wanting them and and obviously now you can't you know a lot of countries have now banned crypto mining. Yeah. Um, this is why maybe they're coming ready available and hopefully it will bring the price down a bit instead of having to pay these, you know, extraordinarily high prices. Uh, what about you, Anime? You're a bit of a PC gamer yourself, aren't you? Um, is this a good thing for the industry? Do you think it's going to drive the prices down? Do you think 
Um, it's going to people that just want to get want to be a PC gamer. Is it going to be easier for them to get access to this stuff, or should they just do what we everyone should do, scrap that, and go console only? <laughs> well, personal yeah, bias at the end there. Just a tad. I mean, you know, I I play a bit of PC. I play a bit of I play mainly console. Uh, PCs like my secondary that I play certain games on. Um, but personally, I think that it's if it drives down the price, we're going to end up with more scalpers going through, right? And buying in stock. Um, and you're going to end up doing exactly like we had because that's exactly what happened last year with, with I think it was the GT3010. I can't remember exactly which one it was, but it literally it was. It was literally like how I was. Remember when I went to try and order my Series S, and I was having yeah. to go on at midnight every night to try and get one. That's exactly yeah. how it was with scalpers last year with consoles. Yeah. So yeah, it's been it's been in a bit of a. It's it's one of them of how's it going to do especially if it drives the price down you know it's not going to increase production of, of the stuff is it so but with with it being like i say if it brings the price down a bit do we think do you think that may encourage more people to get a, a better rig for the pc whether the more of a console gamer or not or do you think people are still just gonna you know play where they play I think a lot of people are just going to play where they play for now. Um, I think a lot of people have been put off by the fact of scalpers. Like, me personally, I think scalping in the gaming industry is stifling it a lot. How many people are still on last-gen consoles up until this year? It's still a lot. There's still a lot. And I've seen on the Xbox side, um, you've got that many people that are still happy with their Xbox One, the Xbox One S or the Xbox One X because Xbox, Microsoft offer the um, cloud-on console now. So you can still play mm. these games um, on the on your original consoles. Um, how much longer that goes on for, I don't know. Um, I, I've always... You know, nothing official, no rumor, just my own personal thoughts. That I think maybe twelve months in the within the next twelve months that we're going to see that kind of come away. That there's going to be less support. Um, obviously, we know they've already stopped production on the older consoles, but there's going to be less support. You're going to maybe see this cloud gaming not work on the original consoles as well to try and push people onto the new ones. Whereas PlayStation, at the moment, they're still at that cross-generation. Um, coming into 2023, maybe we're going to see less and less of that as more consoles become more regular available worldwide. Because uh, we are starting to see it now. Mm. Um, you know, more and more um, mom and grop shops are having stock than just having to get it online. Um, I know you can go, currently, you can go into the Microsoft Store or PlayStation Store. You can actually buy a console at the moment, which is mm. um, 
we haven't seen for a bit. So uh, I don't know. I don't know. If I think if you're a console gamer, you're just going to be on the console side of it. If you are on the PC side of things mainly, um, maybe it's a good time to start looking at getting these components for your computer, you know, mm. before the prices go back up. Uh, you know, we are kind of... I wouldn't say we're here in the UK. We're almost in a recession. We, they've already told us come early next year we're going to be in a recession uh, with the cost of inflation, cost of living, and the rest of it. Um, maybe, mm. maybe this is the time to get these things um, because obviously prices will end up going back up again. Probably go quite high again when things start leveling out. But uh, uh, we'll see. We'll see where we go. Uh, right, let's uh, let's let's move on. Um, Dead Island Two getting an getting an in-game play showcase early next month. This comes from Matt Wales over at Eurogamer. Following yet another delay, because obviously Dead Island Two has been delayed um, for a very long time. For its exceedingly long in the works Dead Island 2, publisher Deep Silver has announced the zombie shooter sequel will be getting its first proper airing in quite some time on Tuesday, December 6th. Dead Island 2 was somewhat unbelievably initially unveiled all the way back in 2014. Wow, that's uh, what, eight years ago now? Something like that. Yeah, Jesus, that's a long yeah. time ago. Development hell and all that. Promising more of the kind of cooperative zombie shooter action that made developer Techland's enjoyable 2011 original a bit of a hit. Um, I do remember playing Dead Island 1. Uh, it was buggy as hell. I remember playing it on the uh, the 360. Um, it was good when you could actually get online with your friends and things, but um, the amount of disconnects and lagging was unbelievable. But obviously, technology has kind of advanced since then. Since then, mm-hmm. though, development has been turbulent with the sequel missing its initial announcement 2015 release date and losing its original developer, Spec Ops, the line studio Jaeger, the same year. Eight months later, British developer Sumo Digital was revealed to have taken over the project. But another studio switch was still to come when Homefront, the revolution maker, dampened the studios, took over the reins in 2019. Unsurprisingly, given the eventful development, delays have continued to blight the luckiest project again, this time to April 2023. But finally, Deep Silver has announced it's ready for a more public showing, saying it will be rolling out the bloody red carpet for Dead Island 2 showcase on Tuesday, the 6th of December. Things get away underway on YouTube at 8 p.m. in the UK, 9 p.m. Central Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time, with the publisher promising a first look into the game and its features, alongside some exclusive new gameplay footage showcased through an exciting cinematic live action pulp adventure. Do we think that Dead Island's actually going to keep its new release date? Um, it was promised for early next year. I think it was um, February it was going to be coming out, but now being delayed till April. Um, do we see another delay again? Because I think most people are expecting it. Or do we think it's actually going to hit that release date? And what do we think we're going to see? Do we think this is actually going to be the real su- successor to the original game or has that boat passed anime i'll come to you first 
I'm the wrong person to come for two because I didn't even know there was going to be a Dead Island 2, personally. <laughs> you did? You did? No. I played the first one and was like, I need to snap this disc. Wow. Okay. I, so I hated Dead Island. Yeah, it was pretty rough. Yeah, it wasn't as successful as the article make it sounds. They make it sound like it was this really good, amazing game, which it was not. Not even in the slightest. It was okay at most if when it played well. But it was uh, a necessary evil, though. Yes. Because Techland yes, learned with what the hell they were doing after Dead Island, and they made the phenomenal Dying Light. They did, they did, and Dying Light went on to be a really good game. Um, really enjoyed it. I, I never finished it. I never finished it. And when it came to the second one, I think I kind of had my zombie fill by then, and I was like, "Do yeah. I really want a a parkour first person zombie game?" I was like, "No." So I kind of kind of skipped over that one. But whether I come to it in the future, well, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, what about you, Sentinel? Liam? Are you is it something you're looking forward to? Do you think we're going to hit that release date? Um, I I think we're going to hit that release date probably because the Deep Silver bosses have gone down to whichever studio is in charge of it now and said, "Hey, you either hit that launch date or we're going to destroy you guys' careers." I mean, that's <laughs> that's pretty much where it is at this point. Yeah, yeah, you know, definitely. Um, it's been in developmental hell for a while. Probably longer than um, Doom was, you know, because, um, well, shit, I don't know about that because we had Doom 3 and then it was in developmental hell and then it came out in 2016. So it's probably been in there longer, I think, than Doom was in developmental hell. I don't know. I'd have to I'd have to figure that out. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, the thing that the thing that kind of irks me is you go from Sumo Digital, which isn't really an exceptional studio, to Dam Buster Studios, which is another mediocre studio. And I know some people like Homefront, the Revolution. It's kind of one of those cult classics that's so bad it's good kind of thing. Except with Dan, you know, with um, Homefront, the Revolution, it's so bad it's bad kind of thing. You know, I pre-ordered um, Homefront, the Revolution years ago. Played it, um, was surprised at how bad it was. You know, so the fact that they're attached to it, I'm kind of, I'm hesitant. You know, I would say if they pulled like a magic rabbit out of the hat and got Techland involved again, I'd be I'd be ecstatic for it, but the fact that, you know, Dam Buster Studios is, um, you know, that they're attached, I'm kind of hesitant. I'm kind of apprehensive. I'm, I'm a little worried about it. Um, I suspect that they will make that release date, again, just because um, so so much time has gone on, and I, I would be willing to bet Deep Silver, whoever runs Deep Silver, probably calls Dam Buster at least three times a week checking on all kinds of stuff because they don't trust them to make that release date by themselves. So, yeah. um, you know, and again, it's not like, you know, and I know it's, there's game developers there that have, you know, families and they depend on the income and all that stuff, but it, it's, it kind of feels like, um, you know, the reason why they're called damn buster is because they get a grade D as far as being game developers go. Cause they suck so bad at it. So the fact that they're attached to Dead Island 2, I'm kind of like, oh, shit. So it's they're either going to surprise everyone and it'll be phenomenal or they're not going to surprise everyone and it'll be an absolute stinker. You know, I would say for anyone that wants to pick up 
Dead Island 2, I would say just uh, wait until Black Friday next year because it'll probably be 10 bucks. That's just <laughs> Yeah, you're probably right. There, it's probably to wait. Um, it's good. I think it's going to be with everything it's gone through, multiple different developers. It's probably going to be better wait till you know a sale or something like that. Don't dive in day one personally. Well, isn't wasn't Deep Silver also in charge of? Um, isn't wasn't Deep Silver also in charge of the whole Saints Row thing? They're like the parent company for them, right? They were. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So with with having Saints Row completely just drop the ball and you know, be as bad as it was, I think they're going to start clamping down on a lot of these studios that are questionable, you know? So I'd be, I'd be surprised if they don't make that date. And that's not because they're good. That's because, you know, management leadership is tired of losing money and games yeah. being jacked up and horrible at launch. And they want to make sure that it's, a, it's, it's, it's as good as it can be. Yeah. 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 Mm. The probably, I think it's going to be one of them. It's the game is coming out. And you have to now hit this date. No more delays. But hopefully, hopefully we hit that date. But uh, we'll see. Um, you'll know. You'll know if it's going to be bad if they also announce at the Game Awards that it's going to be day one in Game Pass. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I say that because you got some studios like Atomic Heart. I think that game's going to be phenomenal, but it's a smaller studio. You know, with Deep Silver. I mean, it's like if they put that their game from a big publisher day one on game pass you already know that they're like ah well we're gonna sell like two thousand copies so we need to make some money back on this you know yeah yeah i could see i could see it happening maybe yeah hopefully hopefully it turns out to be better than we that we we all think it's gonna be um stubbs has just messaged he won't be joining us this evening um what, he's got issues with his internet and I don't think he can get on. So uh, so it's going to be, when it comes to video game 20 questions, it's going to just be you two. So hopefully your knowledge combined is uh, will be enough. But we'll, uh, we'll, what we'll do is uh, we'll just do this other topic and then we'll move on to some of uh, the other stuff that I've prepared. Sure. Microsoft is likely to offer concessions soon to help gain EU approval for Activision deal. This comes from Tom Ivan over at VGC. Microsoft is reportedly expected to offer concessions to EU regulators soon in a bid to help push through the proposed Activision Blizzard acquisition. That's according to Reuters sources, who said Microsoft sweeteners would consist mainly of a 10-year licensing deal to to PlayStation, maker Sony. The future of Call of Duty series as a multi-platform product is one of the key areas being examined by antitrust regulators, scrutinizing the Microsoft proposed $68.7 billion acquisition mm-hmm. of Activision Blizzard. Microsoft recently said it had offered Sony a deal that would see Call of Duty franchise remain on PlayStation for a decade. Sony is an industry leader, says it is worried about Call of Duty, uh, but we've said we are committed to making the same game available on the same day on both Xbox and PlayStation, a Microsoft spokesperson told Reuters. We want people to have more access to games, not less. The EU officially launched an in-depth probe of Microsoft's proposed acquisition in November. The commission is concerned that the proposed acquisition may reduce competition in the markets for the distribution of console and personal computers. Video games for a PC operating systems is said at the time. The EU competition watchdog is due to rule on the deal on April 11th, 2023. 
three of the 16 regulators reviewing the deal. Only Saudi Arabia and Brazil have approved the deal so far. Microsoft reportedly expects Siberia to do so shortly. So do we think... um, Obviously, when this when this first announcement came through, when they started doing the the rounds with the media, Microsoft was very confident and sure the deal would go through. There won't be any issues. Uh, but now it seems to be that they are willing to offer concessions to get this deal through. Um, do we think that they are worried that? this deal could fall through and fail because we know that the big regulators have to pass this deal. It's got to get past the Americas. It's got to get past the EU. It's got to get past the UK um, in order for this deal to not fall apart on itself. Um, Do you think that by offering the EU, and obviously I'm assuming it's going to be other regulators as well, the same sort of concessions we're going to offer, you know, this this 10-year... Um, deal, do we think that this could help get it past that finish line or do we think it's not enough? Uh, Sentinel, I'll come to you first. Um, Jesus, man, I don't know. It's it's difficult right now. I don't think any of us really knew or any of us really anticipated that it was going to be this difficult. You know, um, yeah. with the other acquisitions, of course, that went through, um, PlayStation didn't really, you know, they didn't really object much. You remember Bethesda, it was I mean, it wasn't really much. And I think, you know, it it feels like a lot of the regulators aren't seeing that Microsoft did not go to Activision. You know, they didn't go to Activision and say, hey, we want to buy you. Activision approached them. You know, Activision approached them. That needs to change how this whole deal is being done because it's not like Microsoft wasn't poaching them. Microsoft wasn't trying to do a monopoly or anything. You know, um, Microsoft was approached by Bobby Kotick and said, hey, we're looking to sell our, uh, you know, sell Activision Blizzard King. And we would, um, you know, we're wondering if you would consider acquiring our company. That's how it happened. All these people are losing their minds thinking, you know, that Microsoft and, you know, is, is grabbing Activision to keep them on PlayStation. That's not the that's not the situation. You know, Microsoft once a lot of these big heavy performers like Call of Duty on PlayStation because they want that money. This is a $67 billion deal. Yeah. You know, they're not going to buy it and put every single thing on Game Pass. I mean, they could make their money back, but it'd probably take them 50 years, you know. Yeah. Um, they want they want that money. And they know that people are going to still buy on PlayStation. You know, they know that people are still going to, um, you know, support the Call of Duty brand even if it's owned by Xbox, if they're gaming on PlayStation. And I know some people are going to say, well, you know, Jim Ryan is just doing what a CEO does. And it's like, yeah, but at this at this point, I, I suspect he's borderline fucking retarded. You know, because <laughs> they're, they're already giving him 10, they're giving him 10 years, guaranteeing 10 years. Hey, Call of Duty will be on your system 10 years. You know, it's like, um, it, 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 it just, it boggles my mind. It, two things. It boggles my mind, number one, that they're shooting this down and saying, nope, 10 years isn't good enough. And two, it 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 completely befuddles me that Jim Ryan, with doing as much stupid shit as he is regarding this deal, is somehow not fired from his position and thrown in the garbage behind Sony headquarters. It, it blows my mind, <laughs> you know, because it's like if, if I was running PlayStation and they said, hey, 10-year deal, I'd be like, done. I mean, I yeah. mean it's a no-brainer. 
you know, 10 years, you're, you're going to see the rest of this console generation and a good chunk of next console generation where Call of Duty is going to be on there. And Microsoft wants that money. They want to, they, they want to, because this is like basically takes an investment on Microsoft's part and it's not for the Xbox gamers, you know, as, as strange as that sounds, it's not for the Xbox gamers. It's for the Microsoft shareholders. Yeah. It's to improve the value of the Microsoft brand. It has nothing to do with Xbox. It's not even Xbox that's buying Activision. It's Microsoft and Microsoft owns Xbox. That I yep. think that's where the disconnect is happening because a lot of people aren't thinking about it as it really is. They're seeing it, oh, Xbox is going to get Call of Duty. No, Microsoft is getting Call of Duty. And that's Xbox and PlayStation are both getting Call of Duty. You know, it's, it's like, so why are you guys raising su such hell over this? You know, and that's also why Activision wants to go to court to fight for this because they came to Microsoft. It wasn't the other way around. You know, and I think social media... <sighs> It's like a wildfire in social media. It's like people have no idea what they're talking about with this issue, you know, and you're hearing all mm -hmm. kinds of stupid takes like, oh, they want this on Game Pass and they want that on Game Pass. Ultimately, it's up to my Microsoft. They could pull everything off Game Pass and just let it die tomorrow and they wouldn't give a shit. They're a trillion dollar company. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and they could go back to, hey, we're just going to have people buy our exclusives, you know. Gears of War and Forza and Halo, they could go back to that and they wouldn't give a shit. They could do that for the next 50 years and not have to make anything from Game Pass. And Microsoft Microsoft is still going to make money hand over fist. So it's all about money with Microsoft. And the fact that they're telling PlayStation right out, hey, you know what, we're going to put this on your console for 10 years. And the fact that PlayStation is refusing it, it's, it's completely confusing. It's ridiculous. You know, I, whoever is in charge of Sony, they need to fire Jim Ryan, kick his fucking ass out. You know, say, hey, you've got five minutes to clear at your desk. Get the hell out of here. Because if this passes, you know, with, with, with uh, Jim Ryan pissing in Phil Spencer's coffee, you know, um, <laughs> they could say, hey, you know what? You've been pissing us off and we offered you 10 years and this deal passed. So you're not getting a fucking thing. They could absolutely say that. You know, yeah. it's, it's like, look, it's like Jim Ryan, look at it like this. You know, if, if you piss off Microsoft enough and you block this fucking deal, they could take that $67 billion and they could buy the controlling amount of stock in PlayStation and they would control your brand. If 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 the Japanese government allowed it, they could say, you know what, we're not we're not going through with this Activision deal, and they could take that $67 billion and buy PlayStation and, and a few beachfront properties. So it's like you guys need to stop because they have enough money to buy PlayStation. You know, yeah, this is it's it, it's so strange because, like I say, it's you know Phil Spencer's done all the rounds with the media, made everything as simple and as clear as possible. This game, the the app, the deal will not be profitable having Call of with Call of Duty if it wasn't on PlayStation. They've already come out and said we need yeah. it on PlayStation. Otherwise, it'd be pointless making it with what it costs and all the development studios. Yeah, so. But it just seems that I've seen Jim Ryan's like, no, they just don't want the deal to go through because they don't want to down the line be beholden to them or they don't want it in Game Pass. Um, I can see, and I think we will see that they will concede that it doesn't come in Game Pass for the first 12 months. And I can see that. 
every once the new game comes out, the previous one goes into Game Pass, and, it, and that was what that's probably what's I've, I personally think is going to happen. You know, um, I got to figure it out. I think I got to figure it out. I know exactly well, what Jim Ryan wants. He wants Candy Crush on PlayStation. Fuck it, let him have it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what he wants. That's what Microsoft <laughs> wanted for. They want that. They want that mobile market. And uh, yeah, yep. to be fair, they would have it. The you know they'd have um, Candy Crush on your socks if they could have it. Right. Um, what about you, Anime? What do you think? Do you think um, this is go- this offer that they're going to make, or supposedly they're going to make, is that going to be enough to get it through, or do you think um, Sony is still going to, you know, drop on the floor and throw a paddy? kicking their arms and legs to say, no, we don't want this. this isn't good enough. Um, I think they just want, I think they're trying to push it and see how far they can get it before it goes through. Personally. That's what I think. I think they're just going to try and keep pushing it and pushing it to see the, if they can get the best deal before it goes through. Yeah. Yeah. Um, see what happens. Like, yeah, we want a guarantee that it'll be on our ex on our consoles for life for for forever. Yeah, kind of thing. That's what they're looking for. But I they're don't not think they're give that. I don't think. They're, no, they're not. Because I mean, you know, as you know from looking at the nineties, you know how many dead consoles and orange just in the recent generations. How? how how do we know the PlayStation is still going to be around in ten years' time? Yeah, you know? I, I, yeah, I think you will. I think you're going to you're going to see these consoles around for a long time. But no company is ever going to turn around and say, "Yeah, we'll keep it on there forever. Um, we'll have a contract where no. it'll always be on there." Because who says they're going to keep making the game? Who says that they're going to be round after? So what if um, you know Call of Duty? takes a deep decline and it's not worth the money to make it anymore who's gonna you know but yeah then they have to keep making this game and keeping it going um but like going back to like the the court side of it uh here in the uk with the cma you can't if if the cma block the deal you can't actually take them to court to have the decision overturned or sue them, or it doesn't work that way in the UK. In the UK, um, you if they think there's malpractice, they take it to court to have um, a independent body look at the decision. And if they rule that they think not everything was taken into consideration, or they look at it and thinking, you know, practices wasn't. Um, properly followed, you know, to the letter, then they would have them re-review it again, but they will not overturn a decision. So then the CMA would then re-look at it again, go over everything with a fine-tooth comb, and then if they still rule that um, that it's not um, any issue going, then that's it. It's done. There is no other court they can go to, whereas I know many countries, you can take it to court and fight it. They wouldn't fight it in the UK. You can't. So, And if it fails in the UK, that's it. The deal's done. So all we can do is hope mm. that this deal gets through. Um, Stubbs did pop back, and then he um, he disappeared yet again. Um 
I don't know if you can hear Stubbs, but um, it says you need to connect your microphone before we can add you to the stream. So if you can uh, sort your mic and then we can add you back in there. Uh, any final thoughts on that or are we happy to leave it at that and move on? I'm happy to leave it there. I'm ready for 20 questions. Oh yeah. no, we've got we've got a couple of things to go before we hit twenty questions. Uh, the first one, <laughs> yeah, no, no more top, no more topics. Don't worry, we've done with oh. news stories. Done with news stories. Uh, so one of the things that I put in there because I thought we'd do something a little bit, little bit different this week because news has been very light um, as, as tonight's topics has shown. Uh, oh, hang on, one second, one second. Stubbs, are you with us? Hello, can you hear me? Yes. I can okay. hear you. I'm on my mobile. Um, <laughs> I'm on the mobile, mobile now. It, it's working now. Yeah, we I, can hear, I hear you. Yeah, that's good to hear. I was hearing all your Activision comments, etc. And you you okay. gave a great explanation as to what happens with the CMA. Yeah. Uh, if, if one of them blocks it, the deal's over. It's like everyone keeps going about all these other countries that are going to have. Yeah. But the only three countries that matter to the actual deal is the FTC, the CMA, and the EU competition body. If one yeah, of them blocks, the, ta- the deal's over. It actually says in, in the letter of intent to buy. That's all that matters. Um, as, for, as for these claims, because I've heard a lot of people saying false information um you can't actually verify that sony as microsoft have ever actually legally offered them a 10-year deal it's not official and there's no information as to sony have rejected the deal either so it's people saying it happened don't officially know it happened at all it's just assumptions from people and rumor websites do you think? Oh, do you think they're going to take a ten-year deal? Because that's on top what, of the free, so essentially it's going to be thirteen years. But why would you? If you're the competition, because if Microsoft say 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 Sony was in the say Sony was the one buying this buying this company, you'd have mm. Phil Spencer out there saying this deal's bad. You you don't do that. You you don't take a deal because you, you technically can't. You yeah, Microsoft cannot offer them a deal. It only can go under concessions for uh, regulator boards. Yeah. They can't physically offer it them a deal. It's not legal. So no. everyone that they can offer the, the intent to be there. Yeah. But it has to go under the regular the actual deal if there is one has to go under the regulator um area. Uh but the problem is Oh, Jim Ryan is doing a good job because this is. If you look at other in other industries, this is this is exactly what the big rivals do to their rivals. It looks childish, I admit, yeah. but this is this is standard fare, and it's not. Gamers ain't supposed to be seeing this, you see, but because the media ain't got much else to talk about, everyone's talking about it. But in other industries, this isn't that bad. There's been far worse stuff happen in this in other industries there has but yeah i i don't have much faith that the deal's going to pass anymore 
I think it's going to get blocked. I don't think a concession about Call of Duty is going to be enough. I no, think there's not. a big there's a big fight between big tech because big tech's been getting away with sucking up everyone's data. All these co- companies with big corporations, and there's a big fight between big tech and regulators. And to be honest, if the CMA and the EU are involved. The FTC isn't much of a threat because in America, all Microsoft would do is file another lawsuit against them that they can't afford to fight. But with, yeah. the, with the CMA and the EU, it doesn't work like that. No, I honestly do. I do believe now the deal may actually not go through. It's not. I want the deal to go through, but it's just not looking good. No. It, 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 that's all I'm saying. The problem is I can. It's whether the regulator believes that the person purchasing the company is going to follow through with what they say. Words, throwing words and public statements doesn't mean that. Well, I've done. I spoke to Luca now. But from what I understand, with regulators, they don't actually when they keep making public statements. Regulators don't believe them. They don't, and they they look at a worst case scenario. Even if, even if it will never happen, they look at it. And I, I had yeah. a lot of faith before, but the way Microsoft reacting and the statements they're coming mm. out in their reactions, and they've even made a website for people, says to me that they're actually quite worried about this deal's not going to go through. Yeah, but yeah. Obviously, from a gamer's perspective, yeah, I want it to, I want it to go through. I do. It's, um, it'd be a good thing for Game Pass, a good thing for gamers in general. And as I spoke to Sentinel before about it, um, it would be good for the developers and the work environment at the, at the company being bought because it's quite toxic, I gather. Uh, you know, all the allegations and court cases and et cetera that's, that's going on. It, it would be better if Microsoft owned them in general. It would, but who knows? We'll have to wait and see what happens. But if FTC block it, that's nothing to worry about because Microsoft will just counter sue them with something else. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the FTC will probably just drop the case and say, let, let it pass. But it's the CMA and the EU you need to worry about. But So, so let's, say, let's say the deal doesn't go through. Um, this deal, the deal falls apart. You know, Sony and Sony fanboys, you know, see it as a, a victory for PlayStation. Um, do you then think that, Microsoft will, with that sixty-eight point seven billion they've got, think right. We'll play you at your own game and go and literally let's just get by exclusivity on everything and make sure it's in Game Pass day one and pay over the odds to guarantee it. So that would be a good idea because that's how Xbox three hundred and sixty were dominant. Then they they had to the, the Call of Duty marketing deal was one of the biggest pushes. They they had. I think it was a month or two. They had, they had big, big exclusive windows for the for the map packs. That, people don't care about that stuff anymore. But it's a yeah. perk. It's, it's only a few. I don't think it's many days now. The, the windows of exclusivity now. But yeah, it it would be a play. But Xbox would have to get away from that Mister Nice Guy reputation in order to do it, because they've got we're the good guys of gaming. We we love all companies. They'd have to be a bit more ruthless, like like Sony are. Yeah. In, in all honesty, they could 
but Microsoft, they could beat like, every deal. You want yeah. two million? I'll give you four. Do you know what I mean? They could, yeah. they could literally take them out of every single deal they've got. They could get really ruthless. I mean, if you're a developer or a publisher, and they come knocking and you say, "Oh, we've got this game. Oh, we'll give you one to two million more." What are you gonna say? No. You're gonna say, "Oh no, we'll take your deal." You are right. They could. They've got the money to do it. I'm not saying they will, but they they could do that. It'd be very easy for them to do it. Very easy. It would. You know, I, I kind of feel like the whole Activision thing fucked up Microsoft's plan because, like I said, it was yeah. it was Act, it was Activision that came to Microsoft. It wasn't the other way around, right? And you already yeah. look at all yeah. you, already, you already look at all these Electronic Arts titles that are on Game Pass Ultimate. It, it felt like they were laying the groundwork to eventually acquire EA, which is less than half. It's about it's about half actually of what the um, what the acqui- ac- acquisition of Activision Blizzard would have cost because I think Electronic Arts is worth about thirty eight billion. So it would cost them a lot, it would have cost them a lot less money, and it, it feels yeah. like they wouldn't have gotten the same um, resistance by PlayStation with this acquisition that they're getting for Call of Duty. You know, um, yeah, either either that. them or Ubisoft because I think. Um, Ubisoft also has a real cozy relationship with Xbox, you know, and it feels like one or the other might have been acquired, but then Activision kind of came in and screwed everything up. Yeah, yeah, you are right, because I I heard initially when they wanted to go to Xbox, Xbox didn't offer them enough, so they went back to the drawing board and come up with a better figure, because the figure they're paying for Activision Blizzard is far above what they should be paying. Yeah. But that's what happens when you buy big companies. Investors need to make a profit, don't they? In order yeah. to, to, to cash out, normally. That's the idea of it. It is. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Anime Raza? Do you think uh, if if this deal doesn't go through, you're going to see Microsoft going on this big spending spree to guarantee games in Game Pass Day 1 and keeping stuff off PlayStation? Uh, I could see them doing something like that, personally. I think it'd be uh, very different, but from from an Xbox perspective, especially is like Sentinel said, they're trying to go for the good guys of gaming vibe. Um, but personally, I, I do think uh, the uh, Microsoft <laughs> buying will. Uh, de- <laughs> And buying all exclusivity would really upset the market a lot, I think. That's the problem as well. It's like, I, I just heard that about uh, their um, Google post about destroyed. I don't think, but they're still market leader, and I think even if that happened, they still would be. But if that did happen, it's a hard one, because although you've got the old Destiny thing there, ain't you? but then again, if they do try and take Destiny exclusive, Bungie have got a buyout clause, haven't they? So they can buy out the deal. They can. Yeah. 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 Right. Because obviously we're getting a bit short on time. What we'll do is uh, we'll save two of the things I had for another time. Uh, one of you guys may want to use it or we'll use it next time I'm on. So we'll jump straight to video games 20 questions. Um, rules are simple. You know, it's quite simple. Uh, you have 20 questions to guess the game that I have picked. I can only answer yes or no. Um, in that 20 questions, your last question has to be used on the guess of the game. If you guess the get a game, 
you know, and it's wrong, you lose. It's as simple as that. So, uh, obviously, you three work together. Obviously, I'm, I'm assuming you can work with chat as well. Um, so, obviously, work amongst yourselves. So, let the uh, questioning begin. Hmm. Has it ever gotten game of the year? Oh, uh, stumped me on the first one. Um, oh, we've not put that one up. I we've didn't have that. Hack his computer quickly, hack it. Oh, by the way, you can't use your computers either. You've got to use your brain power. Well, I'm screwed. Well, he can see you, can't he? He's just on mute. Yeah. So, no. No. So, you can't use your computers, can't cheat, got to be fair. Makes it more fun. Wasn't released in the last 10 years. No. Oh. Stop Has it been a think of Is it a Nintendo game? No. Is it a Sega game? No. Oh. Does it involve a female protagonist? No. Does it incorporate a lot of guns? Um, there's guns. I wouldn't say yes, a lot of guns, guns, but there's guns. So there, there's guns. So yes, in a sense, there's guns. Did it come out before the ESRB was formed? When was that formed? 1993, because of Mortal Kombat. Uh, no. Nineteen ninety-three to nineteen ninety uh, to twenty twenty twelve. <laughs> oh wow, that's a big. Is multiplayer part of the game? No. Does it, it? So it doesn't include multiplayer. Okay. No multiplayer. Not let me just double check, but I'm hundred. Yeah, no, no multiplayer that I can see. You wouldn't associate this game as a multiplayer game. Was it released in the two thousands? Yes. So you've got a game that came out in the 2000s, uses guns. Is it a first-person shooter? Is it? Yes. But, yeah, it is. It's Yeah, I would, I would say it's a first-person shooter. Um, well, you're not always using guns, but it is in that first-person perspective. That's 10 questions. Stubbs? I'm stumped. Stubbs, Stubbs is stumped. 
First person came out in the 2000s. Not multiplayer. No multiplayer. That's interesting. Is it based on World War Two? No. Was it primarily on PC? No. It did it did come out on PC. I'll give you a little bit here. It did come out on PC, but not originally. I see, so it was ported to PC. Okay. Hmm. Was it an Xbox exclusive? Originally or now? Originally. Yes. Okay, so... It was originally an Xbox exclusive. It's a first-person shooter. It doesn't just involve guns. And people don't think of multiplayer with this title. So that's obviously going to kick Halo out of the running. Also kicks out the early CODs. Yeah. And Medal of Honor because... Of the, yep. Well, we'll take... Hmm. Is it science fiction in nature? Hmm. Um. I. I wouldn't class this as a sci-fi game. You may think different, but I don't think it is. Um. So I'll give you that one as a freebie. Because the, the the genre you could argue but i i wouldn't say it was a sci-fi personally so uh i'll give you that one as a freebie does it have a lot of verticality meaning a lot of upward mobility uh no you can move about in this game it's just not like jetpacks got it no that'll be a no damn well, we got UK Dazzler saying Barbie, Bulletstorm, Half Life. Well, I have, a, I have, a, I have one in mind. Um, Doom Three. Stops. You still there? Yeah, I am. I'm, you stumped me. I don't know well, what to say. So you're looking at a first-person shooter uses. Guns. It was originally Xbox exclusive, eventually ported to PC. Whether it went anywhere else, can't say because you didn't ask. Um, and it's in the 2000s and no, no multiplayer. Okay. Okay. Question. This is my question. Or maybe just a, maybe a hint of maybe trying to narrow down. Developer, publisher, something like that, to try and narrow down the scope, maybe just a suggestion. Is it Activision? No. So you've just ruled out all that. No. That's 16. Who was that sentinel? Sorry. 
Bethesda. Yeah, Bethesda. He said no, so... Hmm. Originally Xbox exclusive, first person, involves guns, no multiplayer, came out in the 2000s, not Activision, not Bethesda. What's it? Perfect Dark. Are you sure you want to ask that? Because if you're wrong, that's it, game over. I better not ask that then. Yeah, I I have no idea what it is. Was it on the With original the... Xbox? No. So that narrows it down to 360. Yeah, that's, oh. di- that's difficult because I think there were a lot of 360 shooters that uh, came out. Yeah, there was. It was around. You've all you've all probably played this game, and it's quite a popular. Hmm. I mean, game as well. UK Desiris has some interesting. Uh, you know, there's a couple that I'm thinking about. I didn't see traps so, though. Yeah. First person, Xbox Three Sixty. Well, I don't think the one um, was. I don't think one of those was an exclusive, though, because I remember it being on PS Three also. Um, shooter. I'd say remember really that... got me here. Because like I say, I would class it not as a sci-fi game, but, you know, people might have a bit of a different perspective. I wouldn't say it's sci-fi. Is it part of the backwards compatible program right now? Uh, you can play this game on modern consoles. So I would say Yes. That's eighteen. You've got one more, uh, one more question, and then it's going to be got a notepad out doing kicks. I'm keeping count. <laughs> one more question and a guess. I'm struggling here. Oh. So I would have been about 14. Seems seems this is the first time we've played it. I'm gonna I'm gonna give yeah. you a I'm gonna give you a, a bit of a clue slash hint. Seems it's the first time we've played. Yeah. Uh, this game came out in 2007. It originally released on the 360. And then came to other consoles a year later. Uh, 
2007. So first person shooter game with, you know, with, yeah, with first person game with guns. 360, 2007, no multiplayer. It's part, it, here's, here's another clue for you, more than I should give. It is part of a franchise. Is it part of the Call of Duty franchise? No, well, are you sure you want to ask that? Because you know it's not an Activision, it's not, it's not, an, Activision's not the developer. No. Are you, you sure you want to ask? No, I'm not going to ask. <laughs> yeah, I'm drawing a blank. I don't think I have... Uh, I don't have any idea what it is. I don't know. Do you, do you give up? Or do, you to, do you want to keep going? <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to throw, throw this out there. Is it Spec Ops the line? I know it's going to throw me in. Are you sure you're asking that? Because if you're wrong, that is it. I'm, sh I'm sure. We're at 20 questions near right. enough. So. No, you are wrong. The game released originally for the Xbox 360 in 2007, developed by 2K Games, Two. Bioshock. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> what a sci-fi game, isn't it? I don't... I wouldn't class it as a sci-fi sci How is it sci-fi? Because it, it's technically from the time period it's set. The yeah, it's pretty sci-fi, though. I'm, I was 50-50 on it, mm. so I wasn't... I, don't, I wouldn't have classed it as sci-fi. Sci-fi... I would have said more. There was something that was like. Wait, more. I thought that released on the PlayStation Three also. It released on the PlayStation Three in two thousand and eight. A year later, it was originally a Xbox Three Sixty exclusive. Originally, other consoles too. I've not played. You haven't played Bioshock. It was like an exclusive for like twenty minutes. Yeah. <laughs> it was it, it, it was it was it was an exclusive to yeah, I was doing a Microsoft Rewards um, thingy one day and it came up which one was exclusive and it was Bioshock one of the Bioshock games must have been a time when they used to do them you know exclusives for a year or whatever or less than that yeah, yeah uh, Bioshock did come to PlayStation Masuku it came in 2008 and you can play it backwards compatibility. But that was our first time in playing. I'm sure if we if we can make it a regular thing, um, you know, it might be it might be a fun thing to play and chuck out there, test all our knowledge. Mm. Uh, but uh, on that, we shall uh, we shall bring the show to an end. I think um, Sentinel. Where can everybody find you? Um, I'm on Twitter. Obviously, I tweet a lot more than I probably should. Probably tweet like 200 times a day. Um, it's S3NT1N3L17, Sentinel17, and it's exactly the same on Twitch. I pretty much live stream every single day. So, uh, you know, if anyone wants to check it out, definitely feel free to. 
Awesome. Uh, Stubbs Gaming, where can we find you, sir? Well, I'll try and be here more next week. My problems are, problems are happening on, on, the, on the laptop and the internet. I'll try and fix that for next week. But yeah, you can find me at... Uh, you can find me on Twitter.com. <laughs> That's my thing. <laughs> at Stubbs Gaming at, uh, at Twitter.com. At Stubbs Gaming. And uh, you can find me on here when I turn up and I'm able to keep the connection going. Um. um yeah, that's where you can find me. Thanks for having me on. I was not on much though. Fair, oh, but... no. good. good to have you. Uh, Anime Raza, where can we find you, sir? You can find me at Anime Raza on Twitter.com, Stobbs. You can find me uh, on here on YouTube, um, Anime Raza. Uh... <laughs> yes, I have been there recently. <sighs> not bold in the first place. And yeah, I think. Oh, you can also find me on Facebook. Oh, Facebook. Um, Facebook, yeah. Facebook.com forward slash anime raza. Awesome, awesome. Uh, and you can find me obviously here on Stacey's Chat. I'll find me on the Stacey's Chat Twitter as well as us over on YouTube. You can also find me on the XBL Party Podcast and the PSN Party Podcast along with my co-host Sentinel. Um, we do bring a show in every Wednesday and every Thursday is the new home for XBL Party Podcast. Um, uh, thanks for everyone for coming. Thanks for everyone in chat. Uh, and everyone on the panel, thank you for being here. Hope uh, everyone enjoyed themselves. I hope it was a, a bit different for a change with the news being a bit lighter. Um, and we'll see maybe whoever hosts next week's may carry on 20 questions. It'd be cool to be on the other side of it. Uh, other than that, thank you, everyone, and enjoy the rest of your day and evening. See you later. Take care. Well,